From the 915 to H-Town, from the Panhandle Plains to the Valley, and everywhere in between, this is the 5050 Podcast, powered by National Scouting Report. Join me, Hector Cano, as we cover the Texas high school club and college soccer landscape, along with an inside look at the college soccer recruiting scene. The 5050 Podcast is a platform about the people and for the people who are dedicated to the beautiful game. Here we go, and we're back. We are live from beautiful Moody Gardens here in Galveston, Texas, for the 2023 Texas High School Soccer Coaches Convention, brought to you by our great partners at TASCO. And I am now joined live by the man, the myth, the legend, right, the freshly engaged, all right, head coach, head men's soccer coach of Baytown Sterling Rangers, Coach Brian Heyman. Coach, how are you? Oh, doing fantastic. How are you, Hector? Good, good. You pull up that mic closer to you a little bit. There you go. There you go. Sweet. Awesome. So, Coach, thanks for being here. Uh, hey, we know you uh, You joined us a little late here at the convention, but you want to tell us you were kind of at a relatively important game in our nation's uh, kind of our nation's program, right? Why don't you guys, why don't you tell I, us about that? I was at the satellite clinic last night at, uh, at Q2 <laughs> Stadium in Austin and watched the U.S. play against yeah. Trinidad and Tobago. So, yeah. you know, don't ever miss a chance to watch the U.S. team, especially if they're not. especially in the backyard here. Of course not. So. Yeah. Yeah, you're definitely one of those uh, one of those true season ticket uh, season ticket holders, right? For the USMNT. Uh, so tell us um, tell us a little bit about from your perspective, right? Obviously, we saw the game on TV, but being there in the stands, key takeaways, thoughts. First off, I have to question Coach Burhalter's choice of attire. I was telling you this earlier. <laughs> yeah, you're you're yeah. the coach of the national team. You cannot wear khaki slacks and a light gray sweatshirt. It doesn't yeah. mix. It's Wear navy with khaki. Wear right. wear black slacks with, with light gray. You what know, about the kicks? What was he wearing? Oh, he had his Jordan kicks. You know, yeah. I didn't see any bounce passes out of him because I don't think the ball really went out of play by him much. Yeah, yeah. So I was really just disappointed in his bounce pass game because no, no, no behind the back pass. Nothing, nothing like was, that. You know, because <laughs> I can tell you this, I've gotten better in my bounce pass game. Yeah, and, you know, there you go. You know, Coach Burhalter inspires me. He's set the standard. I see. I see. I gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, Tell us uh, thoughts on the actual – it was kind of an interesting game. You know, Trinidad and Tobago goes down a man, what, about 30 minutes about in? About 35 minutes yeah. in, yeah. And then uh, – and I was being in and out here and then just doing different – you know, talking with different coaches. I was in and out. I saw chunks of it. So I did, never really got to see, you know, the majority of it. Tell us uh, your perspective. What did you see? What'd you, what's well, your key takeaways there? I thought in the first five, six minutes, they looked really strong going forward, getting mm-hmm. the ball wide, getting the ball across. And – Trinidad then all of a sudden they stepped their lineup and I think they pressed, they, they pushed, they pushed the U S out of the box yeah. and the way the U S was pushing, it really condensed the whole field down. And I think it, it I think McKinney struggled to get the ball in, in, in meaningful positions. Uh, Geo, his touch was a little off in it. And I think you could just see frustration on his eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, I thought the ball movement getting out wide was a little slow. And once the ball got out wide, you know, you didn't see a whole lot of dangerous crosses early on. And I think what what changed, uh, obviously, for us was was going to two strikers up top with Pepe and yeah. with, uh, with with Balogun, and it, it kind of opened the field up a little bit. So once that happened, now that, now you're whipping crosses in, and Pepe, Pepe's just dangerous in an 18. Mm-hmm. And, uh, 
So the big change, you think it was Pepe when Pepe I, came I, on? I think when Pepe came on, that was a big change. Yeah. Um, but I think they were just – I think the 4-3-3 was frustrated because Trinidad pressed the line high. Mm -hmm. And I think also you had a couple of young kids playing out on the wing, Malik Tillman and uh, Kevin Paredes. Paredes tried to stay wide a lot, but I think <clears> Tillman being a natural striker kept floating more to the middle, so you lost a little bit of the width on the right side. So Dest is having to – you know, get up in the attack, plus try to get back. So yeah. I think he was running the whole right wing by himself. So so what did you think was a bigger contributor to the frustration of the U.S.? Was it <clears> – is it more a system of play of, of Trinidad and Tobago or was it more of maybe just the high – maybe the, you know, the high block in general? I, I think Trinidad came out. Trinidad was, pre, was, was physical. Mm -hmm. You know, there was a lot of physicality in the midfield. Um, they really – there was a lot of high pressure – on players. I don't think he really saw, you really didn't see McKinney with a whole lot of time on the ball. And, um, you know, I, think, I don't think that was something they were ready for or something they were expecting. So yeah. they, they struggled with that. <clears throat> um, but I think, I think that high line really, because now all of a sudden you can't play. If you try to play anything over the top, their goalkeeper was out picking off a lot. Yeah. But yeah. at the other side, you don't have strike, you know, we weren't making those runs in behind. We weren't making those diagonal runs. You mm -hmm. weren't seeing the midfielder making that run in behind. Yeah. So, you know, it was just a very stagnant 80 minutes. Mm -hmm. And then once the first goal came, yeah. you know, Trinidad Trinidad came out a little bit. And when they did, it just yeah. – it opened the game. But I think people don't realize that second goal, that, that the one that, that Jedi Robinson scored, Trinidad only had nine players on the field. They had a player get injured, and he's on the sideline waiting to come on. That referee didn't wave him on until Robinson hit the shot. Yeah. And now all of a sudden, yeah. Yeah. And then the floodgates. So, flood and then the floodgates were open. Yeah. So. Yeah. But hey, I will take a win every day of the week with the yeah. national team. Yeah. Yeah. Because awesome. they don't come often. And you, know? you and I guess it, it's gonna take you're gonna have to they're gonna have to figure games out like that, obviously. So, Absolutely. So yeah. So awesome. Well, you know, you came in, left Austin late last night. You get well, in. Left left Austin at six this morning. Yeah. Rolled in. Oh, is it okay? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. early this morning, get in, roll in here. Uh Tell us uh, – so we know you got in a little later, but what did you get to experience uh, today's convention? Uh, for me, it's just it, – it's watching a lot of the coaches that are presenting, uh, trying to find maybe just new ways to teach the same things I've taught before. Mm -hmm. You know, if I can come away with one thing I learned differently, you know, you know how do I – maybe it's the communication with players. Maybe yeah. it's maybe it's just the, the starting activity. <clears throat> and the starting activity maybe changes. And it's just maybe the positioning of players changes mm -hmm. it. So, the, okay, I look at that. I can vary that, you know, or maybe something they do that they're successful with. And I'm like, I can't do that with my guys, but I can do this and this. So I can start drawing up stuff. And, you know, with me I, today, I got a chance to really sit with my assistant who's been here all weekend. And, yeah. you know, he's like, well, I, I really like this and I like this. Okay. How do, how do we, how do we apply this? And we start drawing it out. So, you know, coming to the clinic, it's, it's fantastic. I mean, it's from where we've been to where we are. <clears throat> You know, the level of coaching is, is so much better and mm -hmm. so much stronger. But at the same time, it's 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 varied. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you're learning from high school coaches. You're also learning from international right. coaches. So, right. Yeah. Yeah, I had multiple people comment to tell me. And I, <clears throat> I, I think I'd have to agree that, you know, we had uh, a lot of people just commenting that the lineup here this, this year in particular is kind of next level. Right yeah. from present, you know, presenters, whether it's classroom sessions, infield sessions, the you know, the vendors, the experience, everything, just a dynamite lineup. Yeah. Um, but you hit on that a little bit. Tell us 
from what you've seen in the past to now, how has, you know, you're talking about Tasco, the convention, and maybe even Texas high school soccer itself, how has it changed? How have you seen it evolve? I think the, the, <clears throat> the level of the depth of knowledge of mm -hmm. coaches has improved greatly. Um, you know, we have so many coaches out here and it's funny. We were, we were cracking jokes earlier, a bunch of coaches that I've coached with for years. We're the OGs now and mm -hmm. we're the old guys. And, uh, these young coaches, we're looking at, oh, I coach against that. I coach against you where you were a kid. Mm -hmm. Well, now they're playing. They've, they've had that love of the game and now they're back coaching it. They grew up in that soccer culture. They yeah. grew up and now they, now they're teaching that soccer culture. So there's just a depth of knowledge that these kids, that these young coaches have. And, mm -hmm. And, and it's it it challenges me as a coach. You know, I'm going to have to up my game because now there are these young kids that have played at the high level mm -hmm. and, have, and are coaching at a high level, and you know, they they understand the game just like I understand the game. So yeah. now I've got to come up with some new tricks for this old dog here, and and yeah. hopefully 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 learning stuff here. Like you know, just watching some of the coaches here this weekend. I, okay, I really like you know off the ball runs. So. Uh, Coach Rivas at McKinney talking about the third man run. You know, I'm constantly struggling with with ways to get kids to see it. And some of the stuff he saw today, I was like, I like that. I can, mm -hmm. I can, I can shrink my field to get my third man run, so that I can expand my my field later. Yeah. So yeah, we actually had him on both um, him, Coach Ramos, and Coach Meadows, his assistant, had him on earlier, earlier, yeah. earlier today, just yeah. a couple hours ago. And uh, yeah, he hit, he hit on that. And I actually got to see him. It was interesting because he. I got to see kind of tail end of his talk at uh, at coaching school back mm -hmm. in Houston, back in July. And he mentioned, he talked about how that particular presentation kind of set the stage and he transitioned into this presentation based off of that, what yeah. he did there. So yeah. it was pretty phenomenal. Um, now, Tasco, the convention, talk to us. How has that evolved and just the event right the experience how have you seen it grow from years past maybe when you first started coming to now well i think just the sheer number of coaches out here is is amazing and it's that's a tribute to school districts that are investing more in in their, their coaching education with, with soccer coaches so um you know the number of vendors the the size of the i mean being here in moody gardens and you, know, you can't go anywhere really in Galveston without running into coaches. Yeah. And it's so cool to do that. Um, you know, you, you know me, I've always, I'm always about the, the fellowship of being with coaches and, uh, you know, seeing so many coaches here and, and they're all sorts of coaches. Their coaches have been doing this for 30 years. There's coaches that have been doing this for 30 minutes mm -hmm. and they all want to learn. They all want to get better. And, uh, you know, being here at Tasco, they all have that opportunity to do so. Yeah. And I think, you know, in the past, it was a lot of, it was us coaches doing sessions. I remember doing sessions out in San Antonio, mm -hmm. you know, teaching goalkeeper sessions, but doing um, <clears throat> striking and finishing sessions. You know, this is what works for me, you know, and I'm I'm not the be all to end all of stuff, but I'm yeah. just throwing some of my experience out there. Right. Now we've got coaches, you know, got guys from Arsenal and, nat, you know, national programs coming in. So, you know, that they up the level of uh, what our coaches are seeing. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, you know, and then you can go from a field session of a high school coach to a field session of, you know, the, the coaches that are international. Mm -hmm. So it, it's, there's something for everybody yeah. at this court, at this clinic. So, yeah, we had, um, 
when was it uh, yesterday? We had so uh, Fred the Cranian, right from the uh -huh. International Soccer School. We had him on, and he presented today, and we had a fascinating conversation, both <laughs> both on online and offline, about just the um, his particular topic that he was uh, presenting today on was positionless play in the Premier League, right? A little bit misleading, as he explained, but yeah. it talked a lot about how one of the biggest things that I've been talking about is how how the game is changing across, you know, as we see it across the world at the highest level where more and more it's becoming less about true fixed formations or systems of play and more about just space, right? Yeah. So, which can kind of attest to what you saw yesterday, right, with the U.S. men's national yeah. team game. Yeah, and I... I and it's funny, I've never been a guy that, that, that lives and dies with a formation because I, everyone talks about 11 v 11. It's not 11 v 11. You, know, you get out on a field, it's, it's 1 v1s, it's 2 v1s, it's 2 v2s. Mm -hmm. You know, where do we find our space? Where do we find our movements? Correct. And, you know, so maybe I'm a little bit ahead of that that game. I've, I've always, I don't look at it from the big picture, I look at it from the small picture. Mm -hmm. And you know, that's, that's something we do at the high school and, and, and at the club as well. We, we constantly play small sided games. Yeah. You know, and there are times we're doing we're doing small sided games with one ball. So at a three v three on one field, I got a three v three on one field, one ball between two fields. Yeah. Win the ball, get it over there. You know, mm -hmm. can we can we find and exploit numbers? Yeah. And I think I think that was something I learned at a long at a young age, uh coaching was <coughs> watching uh, reading a lot of Jose Mourinho stuff because mm -hmm. he never saw it. He he doesn't see the game in a big big picture. He sees everything in small numbers. And you know, it's where can you find the, where can you find the numbers up, numbers up advantages on the field, mm -hmm. and if you can find that, that's where you get the ball. Yeah. So. Yeah. Awesome. Great stuff. So, um, what are you looking forward to the rest? Obviously, we're tail end of day two, and then final day tomorrow, day three, which is really a half day. What are you looking forward to? End of maybe end of evening today, tomorrow. What are What are you looking forward to? Well, tonight, I'm just looking forward to to being with my coaching brothers and sisters. There and, you go. You know, I, 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 I don't get to see them often, but I love to just sit there and catch up and, and just be a brother and a sister to everybody. And, you mm -hmm. know, just enjoy myself with them. Uh, tomorrow, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get out there and, you know, my <clears> assistant and I'll be out there watching and we're just going to see, you know, what we can, what we, what we can use with our program mm -hmm. and continue to grow. Yeah. So, so we, we switch gears here, coach, and we start talking about, so your Sterling Ranger squad from last year, yeah. thoughts, thoughts on last year, when you look back on it, you reflect what's maybe the one big takeaway. That we proved a lot of people wrong. Um, when I got to Sterling three years ago, it was, you know, you're not going to be competitive. You're never, mm -hmm. you know, Sterling's never been competitive. You know, you're just there. <clears throat> and um, we started out the season you know, we went, you know, our first our first week week of the season, you know, we, we play our first four games, we're 3-0-1, and we haven't given up a goal. And I'm like, that that's a start. And, you know, we hit some bumps along the road, but we had a group of, of really good kids. And they challenged me to be better as mm -hmm. a coach. You know, coach, we want to try this. We want to try that. You know, they were yeah. constantly throwing ideas at me. Yeah. And we, we continued to we, – we grew from that. Uh, we made the playoffs for the first time since 2014. Mm -hmm. Won our first playoff game since '98. Oh, yeah, I saw that. That yeah. was, although none of y'all picked me to win that game. <laughs> I, I did. I did hold the receipt 
<laughs> the uh, receipt. Huh? I have that receipt. Yeah. All right. And none of y'all picked me to win the second round game, but you know, y'all were right there. But yeah, you know, our kids. You lost that receipt though, right? You yeah, lost I that lost one. that one. You yeah. lost that one. Yeah. Well, no, that's all right. You know, <laughs> you can't win them all. all right, right, you know, right. But we went. Up hey, against... but that's how progress. That's how momentum begins. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. yeah. And for us, it was it was the experience for those kids. Mm-hmm. They. They've constantly been beat down, you know, in our district and, and in our school where, you know, our athletic program is not the strongest, and we know that. But we went out and we won games. We made the playoffs. Now, all of a sudden, they're getting that little playoff pregame parade around the school. Mm-hmm. They're getting to walk around with playoff shirts. They got that playoff trophy. They yeah. got all that. And <clears throat> So how did, that, how did that galvanize your community, your kids, to experience that, to see that? What was that like? Man, our kids were – our kids were flying. And I mean, that playoff game, our, our first round game against LaPorte, our kids came out with just a swagger. Mm-hmm. And they were like, hey, we're here. And now we're going to go the next round. And I had not I had not really seen that from them. And they just, they came out with that attitude. They went in that second round game against Wisdom, you know, 21 and 0 at the time. You know, we made it very clear. No one expects you to, to win. Mm-hmm. I go, I expect you to compete. And if you compete, then we'll see what happens at the end of the game. And we were in it. You know, we we had two clear-cut chances in the last five minutes of that game. Yeah. And it just yeah. didn't go our way. But that was a team that was fighting that two years ago would have had their head down, and that one nil would have been four nil. Yeah. And yeah. they fought to the very end. And I had to pick them off the pick them up off the field. Mm-hmm. And I told them I would. And if they gave me everything they had, I would take care of them. And yeah. I did. And for us, you know, for me personally, getting emails from teachers that had been at the school 15, 20 years saying, man, we're really glad you're here. We're really happy. Man, we're so proud of the kids. They've done such a great job. Mm-hmm. You know, that meant a lot to me. Yeah. And I printed every one of those emails out and I put them in our locker room because I wanted the kids to see, you know, this is what the, you know, they may not say it, but man, they know it and they believe it and they're excited that you're doing this. So, for us, it was it was just that getting that experience, mm-hmm. and yeah. now it's we want more. Yeah, you that's know? awesome. Yeah, so. that's and I, I get it. Sometimes it can sound cliche, it can sound a little corny, yeah. but that's the real reason why we do what we do. Absolutely. So yeah, and you know, we talk about how as evolving, you know, you've been there for a little while now, haven't been there too long. How how have you adjusted? your approach maybe because you know i had this actually so had this conversation offline with coach ramos from Mm -hmm. from boyd earlier and i actually talked about it with uh coach Hurtado's episode when we had him on right your your colleague Mm -hmm. um how we as coaches right we start that wisdom we start Mm -hmm. to get older right we start to get older but the kids we work with right the student athletes Mm -hmm. we work with they stay the same age right so Mm -hmm. how have you particularly at a place like baytown sterling how have you found yourself adjusting your approach? Oh, I think for me, it's the relationships you build with the kids. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the expectations don't don't ever change. You know, we expect you to behave. We expect you to make your grades. We expect you to train hard. We expect you to be on time. And those are those are our non negotiables. And because for me, that's that's what you expected of you in the real world. Yeah. And. Now, the way I talk to kids may be different than the way I talked to them 20 years ago or, yeah. you know, 10 years ago or even last year. It's it's knowing what kids, 
you know, need that pat in the back and mm -hmm. what kids need to kick in the butt. And, yeah. You know, for me, it's, it's, this is, this was except, this might've been acceptable two years ago. It's not acceptable now. Mm -hmm. You know, we may have tolerated this in the past. We can't, we don't tolerate it anymore because we know where we're going. We know what we're doing. We know, we know what the end goal is. And the end goal is to be better this year than we were last year. Yeah. The end goal is always to be better today than we were yesterday. Yeah. And if we hold, if I hold my kids to that standard and I hold them to that, I, that principle, you know, that never changes. And that's a life lesson that right. I want to teach them. So for me, it's, <clears throat> it's the same way. How do I get better today than I was yesterday? Yeah. Yeah, no do, doubt. You know, do I, do I listen a little more? Do I yell a little, a little less? Mm -hmm. Do I let my assistant take a little bit more ownership into the activities? And, it's amazing, you know, Wednesday we're in the weight room and we're getting done with the weight room workout. All of a sudden my assistant's jumping and say, hey, let's try this. Okay, go. There you go. You know, okay. I, that wasn't stuff I've done in the past. And, right. But right. now that's me. Okay, let me step back. And, it's their wisdom, man. It's yeah, wisdom. you know, it's, yeah. it's you yeah. know, I, I don't mind watching every now and then. Yeah. And then if it's something I like, then we'll talk. I'll talk with them later. Hey, like it. Really good yeah. stuff. And like build on that, right? Exactly. Yeah, you yeah. know, what would you, what do you want to do next? Yeah. yeah. Give him more ownership in the program. Cause yeah. I think, you know, for a program to be successful, everybody's got to buy into it. Okay. You know, from yeah. the first guy on the varsity <clears throat> list to the last guy on the freshman team. And that's the same thing for the staff. Mm -hmm. It just can't be my program. Yeah. It's our program. Yeah. Great. So, so, you know, you talk about, so last year or you got there, it's a program that had been seen some tough times for a while. Yeah. You get there incrementally making changes, positive changes. Last year, you break through, you make the playoffs, make it to the area round. What becomes the next maybe milestone this year? How do you, obviously there's so much more than wins and losses, but how do you gauge the next step this year? Is it well, as simple as beyond the area round or, or how do you gauge that? I think it's already happened at Sterling. You know, we went from having 40, maybe 45 kids in the class. Mm -hmm. You know, we've got 71 kids in our athletic periods right now. You know, I've got 53 kids in our JV class. <clears throat> Those are kids that came to came to find me the first day of school. Hey, coach, I want to be in a soccer class. How do I get in the soccer class? Like, yeah. Here, let's get you in. So we've seen the growth. You know, we've got more kids interested in soccer than ever mm -hmm. before. And we've got 41 freshmen signed up in soccer. I mean, we're gonna, there you go. It, that's the ground level. Yeah. And um, for me, it's it's growing. You know, the wins and losses are going to come. Hopefully, you know, hopefully more wins and losses. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. we're, we're yeah. We, we understand the situation we're in this year. We know right. we know we're very young and we're very thin. But mm -hmm. if we understand the principles that we teach on the field, well, the, the wins and losses will come. Yeah. Now it's how do we develop the whole program? You know, how do we how do we make it to where we don't have to rebuild? We can reload. Mm -hmm. And do our freshmen understand our system of play Do our JV? Do they understand it so that when I need a player, I can pull them in and it's no longer, I got to train you three days to learn to play. I just plug you right in and you already know how to play. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's the whole program system. Now, okay. you know, the varsity has their success. Yeah. They've been successful. We plan to be <clears throat> successful again. Now we need the whole program to be successful. Great. So, so all right. So a couple more questions here okay. for you as we start wrapping up coach. So next one, shifting gears here a little bit. Mm -hmm. Tell us your thoughts on 
you know, we hit on it a little bit as it related to just maybe the sport and the Tasco, the convention, but the state of the game, the state of our game on the high school side as it relates to Texas high school soccer. Um, what are you happy to see right now in, in our game? And where do you see it going maybe in the next five years? And I'm, I'm happy to see the growth. Um, the sheer number of schools that are having soccer programs and allowing kids the opportunity to play. Um, you know, when I went to, when I, when I left Pearland to go to Bonham, we started that program from scratch yeah. and there were kids there that knew nothing about soccer, but they came out and played and they learned and they have, I mean, I, I those kids there, I love them to death mm-hmm. and we'll still text about soccer. And those kids <laughs> would never have had that opportunity had Bonham ISD not decided, Hey, we want to do soccer. Yeah. And there's so many other school districts that are now saying, let's do soccer. Let's try it. And you missed the you missed the uh, the small school social last night. I, I, I'm, I'm not a small school coach. I'm a, I'm a fine. No, no, no. Actor. It's all right. No, no, no. But I'm saying yeah. just the fact that uh, the fact that they were having one, and I think I, I think and that's I heard, awesome. And I heard it was a pretty great turnout too. Yeah, and I heard it was a pretty great, pretty great turnout. Those coaches they want to learn, just like I want to learn. Yeah, and it's so cool. I mean, that's where this game's going, and that's where our high school game's going. Like I remember being in in my in in my home district in Pasadena when I was in high school, South Houston high school didn't even have a soccer program and they were a five, a school, big school. You know, that's where we were 20, 25 years ago. Now they're all playing and there's so many kids out there playing and it's a demographic change a little bit, the state of Texas, but school districts are recognizing that and they're giving kids the opportunity. And I, I'm so blessed to see that. I'm so excited to see that. Right. So awesome. So we've got one here for you, coach. Right. We're going to take a kind of a little bit of a different go in a different direction okay. here. So normally, very rarely do I do this right as uh-huh. as the host. But given that you and I have clearly have a history, having been one of my former instructors yeah. when I went through the uh, that goalkeeper level yeah. one, level two course before yeah. I went on to the uh, level three and that advanced with the, our late great friend, Mr. Tony DeChico. Absolutely. Right. Um, kind of wanted to put the ball back in your court. Yeah. Uh, as it relates to the podcast or me on the coaching side, but particularly the podcast, any thoughts, any question or a particular question that you might have for me? Okay. Cause, and because we go back and forth a lot yeah. on this stuff. Oh, so, absolutely. So, yeah. Um, what do you see? Where do you see? What do you see as the biggest hurdle for youth development in this country? Oh my God, the biggest. Yeah, just pick, just pick the biggest one because there's a lot. Yeah, you know I, mean? I mean, and the 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 problem with that, and it all is, it's like this whole, I don't know, it's like a, it's like a puzzle. You know what I mean? It's like in any given one, it's like where do I start or where do I end? Um, I mean, there's a clear one. One thing that's for sure is there is no in the modern game, there isn't really a true, there has to be some level of quote unquote pay to play, mm-hmm. right? Some level, whether it be through sponsorships or something. But I think um, that's such an easy one though, I feel like to yeah. point at, right? But, you know, um, a lot of people talk about the, you know, the whether it be the pro rel piece or, you know, the, what is it? The, uh, the solidarity payments, right? Yeah. I think that they feel like if, if that was the emphasis as well, that would, that might solve a lot of your, some of your pay to play issues, yeah. your, your pro rel issues, maybe. Um, so I don't, man, 
that's it's a tough one just because I really don't I really don't know where I want to be, begin with that one in particular. But I think for starters, the entry point, the entry point, uh, what we really have to do, we talk about. So we were talking about this offline, right? Yep. You and I is one of the biggest things is and it was the eye opener for me as much as I thought I knew it where I really felt like I, I got it. I grasped it was the the grassroots piece as it relates to having our absolute best coaches coaching the little ones the young ones and really what it is is fostering a a relationship right i'm going to take from our friend there uh soccer stars at home tom buyer right we're setting the stage where there's a a, re a relationship where the kid and the ball fall in love right the kid falls in love with the ball um and an atmosphere where i think uh why we're playing the game you look at it on the youth side the club the club soccer side as well and so many just it, it's tough everyone feels like the only reason to play is to chase that college scholarship right yeah. and there's and there's nothing wrong with that but that should not be the only reason why you play and i think so much of it too is the parenting piece right is i think with parents i get it you know when you're lots of travel paying so much out of pocket it becomes an you start to look at your your child as and the situation more of an investment right rather absolutely. than rather than your child playing because they love the game absolutely and that's why we're losing kids at age what 12 13 um and then the other piece too is i just feel as a whole i feel like our kids are playing too much i think it's i think it's overly structured right yeah. i think um remember when we used to just go out play and wouldn't roll, come back until the until the sun was down it was time to come back home um it sounds so old school sounds so good i don't want to be get off my lawn guy but i think that's where some of it ties in as well and uh, so yeah that's why i say it, it's I, I think you have to tackle it like regionally i think you have to you know our, our club our our club system how it's designed as a whole in terms of just leagues and people chasing leagues and everything i feel i feel in certain aspects that's broken you know and um and i don't know i think our i feel like our country is way too big with too much talent not being discovered for a number of reasons um and at the end of the day though when push comes to shove we know that it still comes down to you know the bottom line the bottom dollar right so so yeah i don't, I don't really think i answered it there completely but i think it's it's yeah i trust me i struggle with that one a lot i mean that, that's it's part of the debate we just i think the biggest thing and the reason I ask you is, I think the biggest thing is this country does not have a designated style of soccer. Mm -hmm. So well, and we kind of have a an inferiority complex, you know. Yeah. We we really do for any number of reasons. It's like we're always too busy trying to be someone else rather than hey, let's figure out who we are. Exactly. Right. You know, the, the English play a certain style. Those youth kids, they play that style. Yeah. The same thing with the French, the Brazilians, they all play it. You go to the U.S. I can go from one park to another park to another park and club. Yeah. And everybody's something different. Yeah. Which I think we, and I think part of that is we don't accept that. We don't accept what's different. Yeah. You know, and we, when we need to do a better job of it, we need to find ways to, hey, let's take our, let's take our street ball players and let's put them with our big time, you know, these kids that are playing in these, these top clubs and let's see yeah. what happens. Yeah. 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 And I think you're starting to see that with some of these. Some of the young kids watching the U17 World Cup. Some of these kids, there's some straight street ball kids in that program. Yeah, 
And I love watching it yeah. because they play with that pizzazz and stuff, a little bit of flair. And there's nothing wrong with that. Nothing. And at there's all. nothing wrong nothing with that. Yeah. When I was a kid, that had been coached right out of us. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you, you still see it now, right? There's yeah. so much of that is that that cookie cutter piece, right? Exactly. And I just, yeah, I'm not, a, I'm definitely not a fan of that by any means because it's one, it is the most critical element in our game, particularly is it because it's rooted in principles. And when we talk about the principles of attack, what's the final piece, right? Creativity. Improvisation. Right. Creativity, improvisation. And we exactly. don't teach so, that. Yeah. And, that, and I don't think that can be taught. To I a certain think, extent, no. But I think just, yeah. that's just getting a kid out on the field and right. play. But what does feel that is a kid who's just, you know, heart is on fire with a big smile on their face when they're out there and playing, not because mom or dad told them to, not be, you know, but because they want to. They want to be with their buddies, and they just want to play. Right? And those are the kids we got to find. And it sounds so cliche, but it's so yeah. true. It's so true. So Those are the kids we got to find. Yeah. Great stuff, Coach. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, all right. So as we start to wrap up here, Coach, I'm going to do with you the same we've done with everybody else. Stoppage time, kind of set the stage where you can talk about a little bit of maybe what we just talked about, but whatever's on your mind as it relates to the game, uh, as it relates to the game, any shout outs, thank yous, uh, th maybe thank you to your new your new boss there, right? <laughs> the recently engaged coach there. Hey, uh, thoughts, the floor is yours, coach. She is, she is the light of my life right now. That's awesome. And, uh, That's awesome. And it's crazy. Everyone like this weekend's been like, hey, where'd you meet her? Where'd you meet her? You know what? I met her at a USA game in Phoenix. Did you really? Yeah, I did. I had an extra ticket. What was she, the game? What was the game? It was USA Mexico in April. Okay. She a Mexico fan? No. Oh wow. Okay. You know, um, she just wanted to go. She had never been to a game, and I had an extra ticket. So yeah. her friend said, "Hey, we got a friend who wants to come. We have an extra ticket." I'm like, yeah. "I got one." Yeah. And seven months later, here we so are. So it's not a crazy story like you accidentally spilled beer no, on her. Or nothing no, no, like no. That. Okay, oh, good. she'll she'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> she got to the game right at halftime. She lives right down the street from the stadium in Phoenix. Yeah. And yeah. she had texted me saying, "Hey, I'm here." But I'm in the very front row, so I'm focused on the game. Yeah. Now, apparently, she says I looked down at my phone, and I don't remember this, but she stood three rows back like, okay, this guy's a jerk because, you know, he's not even paying attention to me. Yeah. And I was like, well, I'm, I'm so sorry. <laughs> so that's how it started, and here we are today. Off to, off to a bad start. No you know, yeah. but she loves the game too. That's all, awesome. All three of her sons played okay. and, and still play. Yeah. yeah. So she understands. She actually came out like last weekend when I proposed. She watched my club kids play on Sunday. Yeah. And she's pacing on the sideline more than I am. Yeah. You know, and I'm yeah, just like, yeah. you know, you love that. Yeah. And uh that's good. She she was uh she was pointing out what my team was was struggling with. And I'm like, okay, she knows exactly what my kids are struggling with because yeah. I didn't tell her. Yeah, you know, but it's awesome. great. So that's awesome. I, I'm so excited. Yeah. So any thoughts, shout outs, or is that what you want? Or totally up to you? You know, totally I, I, you? I just want to I want to thank Tasco for a great clinic every year. Mm. Uh, it gets better and better. Yeah. with the level of co co uh, coaches and coaching education. Uh, Coach, thank you for coming in and doing all this. I mean, you really – Appreciate you. Appreciate you. You know, doing this podcast, and I, and I, and I love listening to it. And, you know, it, it's just ways to share the beautiful game. So yeah, appreciate absolutely. you. Absolutely. All the coaches, all the all the coaching buddies and friends and, and everything, I appreciate them. And, yeah. You know, like 20 years ago, if I was sitting here with you, you'd hear an ego trip like no one's business. But yeah. – I. This year I sit here and, and I, I truly say I'm blessed and my life is blessed. And that's good you know, with, with club soccer yeah. and high school soccer and my fiance and everything, you know, life can't be much better. Yeah, no, so. that's great. That's great. I um, can't tell you how much we're happy for you as well. So appreciate so, you, Coach. Right. So thank you. That's going to do it uh, for our uh, our listeners. Don't go. We're going to try to see if we can get you maybe one more interview in tonight. 
So stay tuned. But again, thank you for everything you do in support of us, in support of the podcast, in support of even Tasco and the Texas High School Soccer Coaches Convention. So don't go anywhere and we'll be back shortly. Thank you.